I ain't never been the loudest in the room The higher the volume, the more imminent the doom Don't play yourself, kid, play the system The US government, the largest walking contradiction Listen, if you wanna see impossible, then look at me My DNA is cut exquisitely from the best of sheets If I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm ten toes solid On the same soil that my grandfathers was walking Know your history Welcome, friend, to Quantum Theory a podcast solely focused on amplifying black and indigenous voices. And that's facts. And that's true. And that's facts. Let's go get them. Okay, Michaela, here's the crazy thing. I know last week we talked about the whether or not this is an actual part two or not, or I guess the first part two episode here on Quantum Theory. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sources have verified what the actual answer is. Uh, So... Um, on July 1st, we had our fifth episode, Pachet, with Mike mm-hmm. Capes. And on July 7th, we had Oi Locks, number six, uh, which was Music Continued. Uh, yeah. So technically, both are two-part episodes. However, the other one is Continued, and this is our first technical part one, and now part two. Okay, that works for me. (laughs) Continued part one, part two. It is what it is. You know, we can we can name it whatever we want to name it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's our prerogative. Yeah, Uh, exactly. (laughs) We do things a little bit different over here. So why why stop now? I'm saying though. Also, part two is one of my favorite songs by the Carters, uh, Mm -hmm. and it's like in the top five of like my Beyonce songs. Um, Okay. Do you know that one? If not, I'm going to send you the track. Not off top. It's been uh, a minute since yeah, I think uh, I've listened um, to, the, yeah. to her albums. Um, who cares if we're on the run, baby, as long as I'm next to you. Mm. You know? Um, yeah. Okay. If loving you is a crime. Loving you is wrong. I don't want to <laughs> be right. <laughs> Do people still say that? I feel like that's a real oh, old they, one. <laughs> they, they still say it, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, I'm going to send you the track because, again, now we have this, like, reoccurring playlist or, you know, I guess adding on playlist, uh, which I I really do hope that this actually comes together at a point because we've laid down some dope tracks or at least listed. We have. It's coming. It's coming together really, really well. I mean, now we got an ongoing list. We need to start, you know, categorizing these so that way we can let our public know what we're talking about. One of these days, we're just going to do straight music. Like we just have to have a music lineup, you know, do some commentary, play a few tracks. Do some more commentary, play a few tracks, yes, and then go from there. Because I feel like we're constantly jo- dropping references every single right. episode. So I know I can barely keep up. So they <laughs> can't possibly keep up. <laughs> I'm saying though. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> random, obscure, and beautiful quantum theory aside, uh, let's get back into the meat of what we promised the people before, right? Um, so for those of you who maybe were just like, I don't even want to mess with part one, uh, (laughs) we'll present you the entire episode or excuse me, the entire interview with Venice from the top again. Uh, it's about 20 minutes in. Uh, and if you are like, Hey, I already listened to part one and I just want to get to the part where we left off, I'll put the time marker on in the show notes. So check it out there so you can skip ahead. Otherwise let's get back in to our interview with Dr. Venice Guillory Lacey. Let's do it. 
Oh my gosh, Michaela, here we are once again with a beautiful guest. Look at yes, this amazing, well, yes. nobody else can see what's on the screen. However, take our word for it. Divine, immaculate, glammed out, amazing, beautiful, doctor in person, mother, wife galore. Hello, Miss <laughs> Venice. Uh, Gillary Lacey. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, she just said, put some respect on her you name. Know? I'm going to list every credential that she has. <laughs> and these are just bullet points, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. And hopefully, here in our next uh, few Power minutes house. together, we can flesh out all of the amazingness that is just ever so glided over in in my words. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, let's forget my words and let's open up the floor to our amazing guests uh, to introduce themselves to the world. Please. Please. <laughs> What's up, everyone? I am so happy to be here and I'm so grateful and honored um, to be here and to answer questions and to just chat. Um, I am Venice Guillory Lacey. I am from Lapway, Idaho, from the Nimupu Reservation. Um, my parents are Jeff and Connie Guillory. And I, I grew up there. I am a mother. Um, I have three children. I'm a, a wife to Chris. Uh, my kids are uh, Nevaeh, Trinity, and Zion. I like to give a huge shout out to my family. Um, I wouldn't be here without them. Uh, I need all the support um, and they give it to me and I'm so grateful and thankful for them. Um, I am now in California though. I'm, you know, I'm from Idaho, but I'm actually in California. I am uh, working as a professor, uh, assistant professor at San Jose State University. Um, I recently graduated uh, from WSU Washington State University with my PhD. And so it's a new kind of life for me in this role. I've seen my brothers kind of take this on, um, but I've never actually been a professor before. I've been a, a K through 12 teacher, but this is a new world and uh, I am having so much fun um, in this professor role. Uh, and I love California, um, the sun and the palm trees, um, and being from the, you know, being only 30 minutes from the beach. Um, I love it. And um, I love being from both areas. I love being from the Pacific Northwest, um, the Nespers Res, I love that. And I love also coming to this area as well. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, oh my, <laughs> you know, and again, just highlighting that PhD, congratulations, you know, you're within uh, your, First year of celebration, correct? Yeah. Uh, you know, so here you are in your, in your victory march, in, in your first yes. round of your victory march. And yes. we are so uh, appreciative of the time and effort that you uh, put into your own journey, uh, especially, you know, as you just mentioned very, very shortly, you know, how ingrained you are with education uh, and, and uh, moving that forward, not only in your life, yeah, obviously setting examples for the three human beings that you're cultivating, uh, you know alongside, you know, your husband as well and, and the rest of your extended family. So again, you know, doubling back to that PhD <laughs> and, and you you really uh, making some awesome steps in your journey. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, you did mention uh, from Lapway and uh, thank you for even just uh, 
Yuvinga, you gave the the real Nimi Poo introduction. You let people know your family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I always feel all shamed out when I do my introductions and I don't introduce my family. I'm like, oh my god. I know, god. me too. <laughs> it's all the way down to the res dogs. Like, it's just everyone. <laughs> right? That's, That's what we're what taught, like, growing up. Like, when you introduce yourself, you introduce your family so we know where you're coming from. You yeah, know, or so. who you're who you're coming from. So yes. yeah, it's, just it's integral to yeah to the reservation life and, and to the small town of Lapway itself. You know, it helps place you mm-hmm. in in the community, and it lets people of different generations be able to connect to you. Uh, which yeah, I love that factor about the way that we introduce ourselves. <laughs> uh, and going into that too, uh, between your your two parents and 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 how uh, you know you were brought up in Lapway. Uh, you know, I guess for people, they know that for me, my mother was uh, native, she's Nez Perce, and I don't know my biological father. You know, I spent time in Seattle as well as in Lapway, you know, going back and forth between a major metropolitan area and the small reservation. Um, and that was my family dynamic, you know, until uh, at a certain point, my stepfather came in and he's native. So then I was split between two different reservations. Uh, so for you, um, may you break down just a little bit, like your, your strong lineage and how that's been super influential and in, in where you've been going? Yeah. Um, great question. You know, um, my dad is African-American, uh, he is from Texas. And so he grew up during the civil rights era. Um, and my, um, my mom and dad, they met in college at university of Idaho Uh, My dad played football for University of Idaho and uh, my mom was going to school and that's how they met. Um, And my mom already had my older brother, Ricky, uh, Ricky Hernandez. And I think he was about two when um, she was in college and she met my dad. And um, my dad just took to Ricky and we call him Ricky Joe. Um, And my mom just saw like, you know, my dad just loved my, my brother. And so she was like, he's the one. (laughs) Um, So they, they got married. And um, ever since then, my dad is 73 and they met when they were like 20 or 21. So he's been on the res that long. So 50 some years Um, and they graduated and they, they moved around a little bit. They moved, you know, they lived in like Seattle, Tacoma, Olympia. They moved around like in their twenties and thirties. Uh, and then they had me, um, well, they had my three older brothers and then me. And um, I had an interesting childhood. Uh, my dad uh, was, he loved his, you know, he loved the the Nespers culture, but he, he was, you know, he was black and he loved the black culture. He loved who he was um, and who he is. And so growing up in Texas, he was a cowboy. I mean, he was a cowboy, like a real cowboy, his family. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's what they, that's what they still do. My, my cousins uh, raise horses. And um, so, you know, the, the black cowboys aren't really part of the, the narrative, the popular narrative. Um, mm-hmm. But I read research where it's like one, I think it was like, uh, one in four uh, were were black cowboys. So, um, moving to the reservation, my dad just thrived because he was like, "There's horses, there's nature, 
Um, and he loved the Nespers people. So when I say it's interesting is that my dad created our house to be like, um, just full of black culture. I mean, food, entertainment, um, everything. It was like, we lived in a black home, but then as soon as I stepped out of the door, I was just encompassed by the Nespers culture. So I got, I lived almost like two worlds, like even with my brothers, um, we listened to, you know, R&B, hip hop, all the, you know, pop culture, everything, the food. Um, and then I would go to school and everyone would be native, you know? And, um, so I got, I got both. Um, and it, it kind of was a struggle um, because I, you know, going to school, I'm obviously not full native and the kids see that I'm not full native. And, but I feel like I kind of, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was just a conundrum that I was living. And um, I look back and it was so, it was an amazing experience, but it was actually really hard because I was like wrestling with both of my, my identities basically. Um, who's going to accept me. Right. Uh, I wasn't, I didn't feel fully accepted by, um, my native peers because I wasn't full native. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when I would get around, um, black folks, they're like, well, you're not, you're not full. You're not really black. Like you're from the reservation. You're not fully, you're not fully us either. So I was like in, I've, I've lived that just being in the middle and living in the middle teaches you to um it just it it teaches you to be courageous like you have to have courage to live in this world and have multiple identities and just be yourself because this world will tell you to put put yourself in a box so that this is what you are and this is what you're gonna be for the rest of your life um and what being in the middle living in the middle has taught me that I can freely flow with whatever I want. I can freely flow in, in my native culture and I can freely flow in my black culture whenever I feel like it. And no one can tell me, mm -hmm. <laughs> no one can tell me that I can't, I'm not either, or I'm not what I am. Does that make sense? Without um, a doubt. So it took me a while. It's taken me a while to get to this place. I am 40. I'm about to be 41. And oh. so I, I, it has taken me a long time because it's, it's been, it's been hard um, because I've struggled with, you know, identity issues and who am I, who do I want to be? Um, mm -hmm. Who am I to the core? Does that make sense? So my, <laughs> my growing up on the res is uh, teaches you a lot, teaches you to be strong <laughs> and resilient <laughs> yep. and it teaches you to laugh and it teaches you to be okay with getting you know teased and joke you know joke joking around and mm -hmm. um but I'm, I'm i'm appreciative of of where i've come because it's made me stronger and i can survive in this big city yeah, I think that's one commonality, I think, amongst all Black natives and why we have such a strong sense of connection when we just start talking with one another. It doesn't take long for us to laugh or to smile or to relate because we've all had that same exact experience of 
finding our, our our identity in the world and sometimes our own, most of the time our own making us feel like, okay, makes you question your identity, you know, when it should be the complete opposite. So it's like maneuvering around and having that, you know, kind of history and that struggle that we connect through. It's a whole experience, you know, and it's really good being able to sit down and speak and talk to our own because we have those, those similarities and our differences aren't actually all that different except for maybe the experience itself. So, um, but with that, like my dad, he was, he was the same way. He was like, you know, you have two very strong identity, two very strong cultures and, you know, you, you're black and you're native, you know, and this is what you need to know being a black person. You know, he couldn't teach me how to be native necessarily, but he was like, I want you to understand where you come from um, to the extent of which he knows, basically, you know, read the books, you know, watch the movies, listen to the music, whatever it is, you know, this, this is who you are. This is where you come from. And, you know, there's so much to learn that you can learn. So I guess with that, cause everybody, anybody who knows the Jeff Guillory, he's a very wise, wise, wise man. Did he, Bow does down. he have any, <laughs> does he have any, did he have any key teachings or key, you know, anything that really stood out to you growing up that he would tell you, um, just basically growing up on the res and being different. Um, he would tell me honestly to be strong, like, mm-hmm. you know, when I would get made fun of, um, for, for being black, um, mm-hmm. he would just tell me like, I've been through that. I know what that feels like, but you know, you can resist and push back. You can say stuff back. And he would tell me like, you can, um, you know, you can fight back and mm-hmm. and be strong, be strong. Like that was his big thing was like, you're, you're, you're growing from this, be strong. Um, don't let this, you know, push you down just, and it was teaching me like uh, throughout my life, there's always been some hurdle or some pushback. There's always been something. And I've always thought about that. I've always thought about what my dad tells me. It's like, be strong, you know, won't, this won't last all the time. It'll, you're going to overcome this. Um, but you can still resist, you know, you don't have to, um, I guess, succumb to whatever anybody's trying to do to you or say about you. Um, you just keep going and keep, and, and keep trucking. And that, that's, um, that's what I've kind of always taken from him is like, kept on my own path like I didn't I never looked to my left or my right I never looked at honestly like this is one of his teachings like don't look at what anybody's doing um everybody has a place in this world and they have a a gift they have gifts and they have a purpose and we're not all doing the same thing so don't copy or don't look at what someone else is doing and try to be like them you're here for a purpose to use your gifts. What now you need to find yours. What are your gifts? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've always done. I've always just stayed in my lane. I've never... Oh no. Is she out on your end too, Kellen? Yeah. Sorry, Venice. The audio just went out. Um, cut. Sorry. I think that was oh, me. I got you now. That was me. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yes. I was, I was kind of going crazy with my hands and it just it hit. <laughs> no, but I, I was saying that, um, uh, you know, just staying in your own lane and not looking to the left or right. Um, and that's, and I see that in both of you, 
in what you're doing. Um, it is literally, you are in your own lane. No one can compete with you. You are thriving. You're both beautiful, talented, gifted. Oh my Lord. Like it is, it is amazing, um, to see what you both are doing and, um, the gifts that you both have. And I, I really hope, I really hope you stay strong. Like my dad said, and you just keep going with it because, um, Oh my gosh. Like, I wish I had <laughs> as much <laughs> talent as you, you all have. Like, I, um, yeah. I mean, being able to organize and your art and the beating and the fashion. Did you all see Ivy Park drop? I think it was today. Yes. Was it? Yes. It's always on top Hall. of Ivy. <laughs> Ivy Next Hall. drop. Ready for Ivy it. Hall. Oh my gosh. So I just, I was thinking of y'all when I saw it. I was like, oh. Anyway, um, but, oh, well, I'm glad that you think of us <laughs> when you uh, think of Ivy Park. Yes, know, I, that, did. Weird. I did. I did. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, just Hamakas Katiaya, this the hugest thank you. Uh, my heart is literally just like bursting over here. Yeah, that uh, was so beautiful. Thank you for all those kind words. I'm just like blushing over here. So. I know. <laughs> I, I truly, truly mean it. I really, truly mean it. I, I don't. I don't um, reach out to you all too much, but I've been watching. So I love the time. I love what y'all are doing. Well, thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It, it's so cool too, because it really does. It's evidence of the fact of, you know, like our, our generation, you know, we can look to our left and we can look to our right and see, you know, people coming out with their PhDs, uh, you know, business owners, activists, uh, radio hosts, people in media, people getting into all these different things that are right. There are contemporaries, you know, and it's so cool to know that we are all driven in our own way, uh, obviously evidenced by the three of us doing the things that we do in our life. Correct. Uh, and at the exact same time, it's so encouraging to know, like, you know, as I'm working towards making these greater changes in life, it's really cool to see that there are others doing the same and collectively, you know, it's going yeah. to be awesome. What are the fruits of our efforts and our prayers and our good energy will create yes. for the future. Oh, I love that. Yes. Dropping dimes. Ooh, right. Well, <laughs> you know, they, they were dimes that I picked up too. Uh, because, you know, as we, the, <laughs> Put them in my little pocket, you know, not, take not, them out when I need credit. to take <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the exchange of money here yeah. you know, that's my real uncle you status you got a good 60 cents worth <laughs> right because I think of the times when like again uh, just a random example like you know uncles will slide me money or like a grandparent you know they're like oh I got a little extra cash you know they slide it in your hand I've been trying to embrace <laughs> that spirit lately because I'm like okay I've had a lot of good stuff passed to me both wisdom and money so let me start to you know really embrace that spirit and carry it on yeah. to the future too so yes. uh, yeah I love, love it completely. Uh, with everything that you do in education and have experienced and and hope to create, uh, what like what drives your heart? Where where do you see just uh, yourself and 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 in the future for your kids uh, and and even your community uh, with your efforts uh, yeah. in, in the education system? That was super random, yet it, it was on my heart. So. Hopefully yeah. it fits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it kind of goes back to what you were saying. Um, 
I think it's an indigenous epistemology, meaning an indigenous way of knowing and living um, is giving back. That is just innate. Uh, and it's something that um, a lot of natives practice. And so it's one of those things that I know that being in education, it's my way of giving back um, and making sure I'm just going to say it straight up. <laughs> I can have contact with t- future teachers and future principals and make sure they're not racist. Mm-hmm. Um, I just straight up like there's no. And that's what I do. Um, that's why I chose to apply for this job. It was it's called emancipatory educational leadership. Um, and the emancipatory literally is to help uh, teachers and principals within their first five years. Um transform their schools. And and that means like uh, using critical race theory and really um, looking to create inclusive uh, environments and for everyone and um, and just abolishing racist policies in their schools. So um, I've been affected by that and I've seen students affected by that. So that's what drives me is like, if I can be a part of um, helping teachers and future principals or future teachers um, infiltrate. And I know that sounds kind of, it's, I don't know if that's on the right, right word. <laughs> You're on the yeah. right show to be using these verbs and these phrases. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Infiltrate schools with teachers that are going to kind of shake stuff up that are going to say like, this is this policy at the school or this principal that's going to apply for the job. That's going to just totally transform the whole entire school to make sure that all kids get a equitable education. And so um, that's my passion. That's my lane. That's what I love to do. And I I just want to give back um, in that way. I honestly feel, um, you know, talking about back home, um, I feel like our res has so many smart mm-hmm. folks. They don't so need much me. potential. <laughs> she <laughs> said they don't need me. <laughs> I mean, there's so many PhDs in our town. Like if you think about it, the Nesworth people are very educated, very smart, very talented, very gifted people. And, um, you know, I, they don't need me. I, but I love that I'm gone and I can say where I'm from because then they're like, Oh, where's that? Like mm-hmm. they brought you up. Like you come from there, you know, what's this little town or what, you know, what's your family like, or what's your town like? So um, I just, I feel like I've given back to my community and, you know, in the past, but now I'm, I'm kind of the way I, th- I think about it is like, I am, what, how would you say, like, ex, exposing our town through me? Does that make sense? Or where I'm oh, from? Yeah, like, sure. like, I am here from there. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but. No, you're putting us on. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I'm proud to be where I'm from. Yeah. I'm proud to be part of the Nespers tribe. And I, wherever I go, I I talk about it because that's who I am. So I'm gone, but I'm putting Lapway on. I'm sorry. Like I just, I, 
I do. Um, and I, and I just go back to, there's so many brilliant people, um, from the Nespers tribe, not just the town. I don't want to just talk about Lapa because that's where I'm from. I mean, just Nespers people are brilliant and they don't need me <laughs> to, <laughs> to give back anything. I'm doing it in my own way. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. What do you feel? I feel like within black and brown kids, I always say representation matters. What we learn matters, what we feed our kids, you know, intellectually matters. Why do you feel education is so important, especially in black and brown communities? Because Idaho, they have that let's not make white people uncomfortable law that is being placed in our school systems, which is a huge problem, which means it's up to us. You know, it's up to our own community and our own families and those that, you know, our own environments to teach our our youth, you know, these, whether it's history, stories, not only history, but our excellence as well, you know, so why do you feel it's definitely important to sustain education within black and brown communities? And what do you feel needs to be taught most? Yeah. Um, you know, Idaho itself, sometimes I don't claim Idaho. I just claim the res. Yeah. like, They'll be making they're like, I, they're like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, Nespers Reservation. Where's that? Yeah. Oh, I know. You know. Because immediately it's like, oh gosh, you know, they're backwards. I'm like, yes. So the, you know, back to the, you know, critical race theory. Um, you know, that one really bothers me because that is a, a research framework that really isn't taught or learned until like grad school. And so this whole fear, fear mongering of teachers are teaching that in K through 12 is absolutely false. That is mm -hmm. not happening. Um, and so I don't know even where this all came out of, but um, however, I think it start, it's starting to be co-opted or kind of like um, transforming into this, uh, which I agree with, is like schools are refusing to teach true history. Mm -hmm. And um, I know it's hard to explain, but CRT is very, it's different from that. CRT, critical race theory, is a research method um, I actually used it in my dissertation and it just, it basically gives you a lens to critically analyze race, um, you know, racial discrepancies wherever. So that's what that is. But I think it's turned into like, um, you know, do we teach, are we teaching true history? And no, we're not. Schools are not teaching true history. They, they have been erasing history and true history would tell you about the Trail of Tears. They would tell you about genocide, you know, of natives. They would tell you about um, Japanese internment camps. They would tell you about all those things, right? Um, slavery. Uh, that's true history. And for some reason, they love to um, erase that because it's protecting, you know, white white kids, whiteness. Um, but I believe education is important specifically for brown and black folks because historically they didn't want us to know or read or, or go to school. Um, and I feel like 
when we step on universities, university grounds, and, you know, we've kind of been told in the past, I don't know if you've been told this, but I've heard from different natives. It's like, um, you know, that's, it's kind of like, that's the white man's um, education. Like that's where white people go. And I don't want to do that because that's uh, white. And, Mm -hmm. and so for me, I've kind of uh, transformed that into something else. I, I see it as a form of resistance is like those buildings are all named by white people, you know, and for white men and those buildings were not made for me. This school was not made for me, but I am, I am here. I am here and I'm going to graduate. I'm going to do all the work, even though this whole system is telling me you don't belong here. So me being at San Jose State, even as a professor, it's a form of resistance because that place was not made for me. You can even sell, tell the buildings weren't made for me and weren't made for the, the, you know, the students of color that I teach. And so I always tell my students that, you know, I know you don't feel comfortable because the, it, that was what, that's what the purpose was. You weren't supposed to feel comfortable in these buildings. You weren't supposed to be feel comfortable in these classrooms. That's the purpose. These buildings were made for white men. Um, they, weren't made, they weren't meant for us, but mm-hmm. resist. You're, you're a living form of resistance by walking onto this campus, being in these classrooms and, and do it. And so um, that's what I tell my students. That's what I tell anybody that I can, you know, any black or brown person who's, you know, weary about going back to school or thinking about getting an education um, is that it's important because one, they didn't want us to, two, uh, it wasn't made for us, but we're still thriving and still doing it. Very existence is an act of resistance. Uh, thank you for, for sharing that because it, it is so true, you know, uh, and I, I don't know that I got that uh, with the university setting right off. It's more so like a hindsight being 2020. Uh, one thing that I didn't enjoy while being in college uh, over in Indiana is that the university that I went to, well, obviously it's all native land. So let's just get that straight. Yes. All, all of it. It's all, all, all native land. Right? Uh, <laughs> however, uh, just, you know, learning about the people of the land of where, you know, our present day of you just said, you just, Indiana. You just said university like it was nothing. It was Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, I mean are you seriously? It's, it's, it's like, just another thing. Oh my okay. God. Notre Dame, you know, it's y'all. a school. He just yes. said, like, oh, my college, my university, like it was nothing. Notre <laughs> Dame. Well, yes. Okay, so at the University of Notre Dame in Indiana, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, yeah, it was great being there, all the things, right? Um, however, I did notice too, like learning the history of the people from that place. Uh, I worked in main building and I worked as a student recruitment coordinator in the admissions office. And we had representatives for uh, Asian American, Native American, African American, uh, and our uh, Latino American community, you know, Latinx. It, it was, you know, this was back in the early 2000s. Uh, we're a different place now in 2020, uh, language wise. Moral is uh, walking through the halls of the absolute main building that you see with Notre Dame, the big thing with the big golden dome on it. In the main hallways, just outside of the office that I had full access to with this privileged position that we were so lucky to have, 
because, uh, you know, we got to work with recruiting people in our, you know, students uh, that fell into our communities. You know, we got to contact them and help mentor them into the college process itself. It was really a great opportunity. Moral is it was also very demoralizing in walking in and around the office because there are large murals lining the halls uh, of uh native people in servitude uh, or in bondage to Europeans, um, you know, being presented to others. And so like every day I had to walk and see basically natives as slaves. And I forgot about that. I forgot about the traumas that it put on me until I went back for my 10 year reunion. And I went back through the office and then I was going, I had to literally walk through this hallway to go meet somebody. Uh, And then as soon as I got in, just seeing these large, you know, multi, like the super expensive, like hand painted, you know, artwork that goes, you know, 20 feet up and, you know, 50 feet wide along the hall um, on both sides um, are, you know, native peoples in servitude and in bondage. And it's just like, ah. and so when you say these buildings were not made for me, it like literally uh, and viscerally expressed itself in those ways. Uh, and then I also just think of immediately Washington State University, which falls on the Mipu homelands, Nez Perce traditional homelands. And yes, it's really great that, you know, in the past few weeks, they did do a, a public land acknowledgement with the football team. They brought in members of the tribe to to bless the field and to sing and to present. And so students got to go and see this stuff. It's all great in that manner. Uh, and at the exact same time, it being a very, it's an institution, you know, right. they, they have a lot of uh, Nez Perce language facts and history um, that we don't have access to, even as Nez Perce tribal members, you know, because it's mm-hmm. exclusive to those who are within the institution. Uh, and, you know, it's all these barriers where you would think, you know, just the opposite, you know, like that's our education. That's, you know, my my literal, my mom's 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 dad uh, has published work that I've never seen in in the Washington State University libraries. You know, oh my gosh. I can Google it and I can see the references. Yeah, I can't access it, you know, and that's only what's reported. And so it just it breaks my heart, you know, that literal scholars in my family who very much like you are not saying this is better. That's why I'm going out and doing it. They're saying I'm adding to my vocabulary of, of knowledge and of, 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 you know, ways to communicate with others um, by going out and, and being in these systems, by learning these things uh, so that I can apply it to my life and expand. Right. Uh, so it's not saying it's better yet. It's like, I'm adding to this, you know, I'm adding yeah. to me and I'm adding to my toolkit for all of those around me. Exactly. Um, I'm going to stop right there. Cause I've been talking too long. Yeah. No, it's okay. oh, no, you're good. <laughs> Keep going. Too long. You need to cut it. <laughs> okay. uh, that was on the spot, by the way, I did not rehearse that. Uh, <laughs> okay. <Kellen. Just> <laughs> Anyways, moral is thank you so much for even mentioning that about like, yeah, these spaces not necessarily being there for us, meant for us in all these ways. And we are still historically excluded from them yet. Being there and, and doing all of that is resistance, uh, you know, so you're at the forefront of that. Yes. 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 Yeah, I Definitely. think everyone kind of has that experience. If it's not college, I mean, it's probably high school. If it's not even high school, even our mm. kids down to middle school has some sort of, you know, some sort of experience to where they realize this system wasn't built for me, you know, and purposefully as well. And I'm like, that's why I'm always like, hey, get to understand, you know, who you are, where you come from, you know, because 
even my, I say this all the time, my grandmother, she didn't, she doesn't know a lot of our own black history. And it's because she intentionally was not taught her history. There was no, there was nothing in place for us to learn. We weren't given textbooks with our history in it. We didn't have internet or well, she didn't have internet. And so it's like, they don't teach us these things on purpose and they teach us inaccuracies to sugarcoat what actually happened. You know, even if Thanksgiving, which we had this whole conversation on Thanksgiving, which I'm not going to go back into, <laughs> but it's like everything shows sugarcoated and revolves around capitalism to where, you know, we really have to kind of out, try to step outside of that and, you know, take it amongst ourselves and look to those that look like us and maybe even those who don't necessarily look like us, but, you know, have that that understanding of, you know, of who 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 I am and what I'm capable of, you know, or even like starting businesses. And I tell that with kids, I'm like, if you're interested in something, you don't have to fit in this box of working for the tribe or working at the casino. Not that those aren't great things because they are and they definitely influence our tribe in great ways. But if you're interested in doing something else. There's so many doors. I mean, there's so many opportunities nowadays, you know, you can make yes. money doing anything and they don't teach us how to make get LLCs and EINs in school, but it's very easy to do, you know? So it's, it's things like that, that we definitely need to pass down to the next generation. And even going with into college for me, I went to three different colleges, but it's the college that I, I went to Lewis Clark state college, my, the last college that I went to. And I remember being in this class taught by a white instructor, of course, and a room full of white people, of course. And I wasn't good in getting good grades because we had to read certain excerpts that did not relate to me whatsoever. It's like they wanted an explanation on what we read and why it was so unfair to this country and how it made us feel. And I'm like, you know, I don't have the experience of white privilege. Therefore, I'm not going to have the same experiences you're having. And that's what you want in my paper. Like, you know, when it, when it came to the Declaration of Independence and all these other documents, I'm like, these were never meant for me. I don't know how you expect me to relate to this thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it was very frustrating. And it felt like that scene in Do the Right Thing where it's like, put some Black people on the wall. You know what I mean? Put some <laughs> Black people in the textbooks, put it in our, you know what I mean? And yeah. it was, you know, I'm looking through the syllabus like, okay, we have Dr. King on one day. So I'm gonna go hard for an hour and 15 minutes in this class to, you know, to make it known like, hey, this curriculum wasn't set up for us. I can't relate to the, to you guys in this way. Therefore, my grade definitely lacked and it was very frustrating. Um, and so when I had kind of that moment in class of saying like, hey, you know, I can't relate to any of you guys in all of these discussions. You don't hear me speak because I, you know, I have a whole nother, my ancestors had a whole nother experience than your ancestors. I don't know how to relate to you, you know, and that's kind of how the school system is failing us and why we need people like you to influence the instructors to be like, Hey, you know, pay attention to all your students. You know, definitely. the world is definitely changing. It changed a long time ago, but you know, some instructors kind of don't get that through their heads, especially small of smaller schools. And I think the education kind of fails education system in some places in some areas fail us in those ways and it, you know it takes people like us to bring it to their attention to hey you got you guys got you need to step it up you know and open your eyes a little bit definitely I I completely understand um what you were going through because I I did my undergrad at University of Idaho and um I got bad grades I the I mean, you, you have to do the core classes, right? You have mm -hmm. geology, I had to take geology and, um, and then I was an English, English secondary ed major. So I had to read British lit. 
Um, Mm -hmm. you see my face. I'm like, (laughs) um, so I struggled because all I was trying to do was I, you know, I wanted to be a teacher and it was like, just get me through this program so I can be a teacher. Cause I wanted to influence young people. And mm-hmm. I didn't really like English. I just tried to find something that I could kind of be good at so that I could be a teacher and, and be influential to young people. And so I struggled. I don't, I don't even know how I got into a master's program because my, my undergrad grade point average was <laughs> awful. I, it was awful. So I'm giving hope out there for, for everyone who's listening. <laughs> Fred, I was going to say you're giving a message of hope yes, here. There is hope. So you're saying you there's did. a chance. So <laughs> See, you get degrees, y'all. <laughs> yes. I mean, my GPA was awful. And then for some reason, they let me into a master's program. And then um, I worked for a long time. And then I ended up getting my PhD. But there is hope. It's just... It's hard to get through the um, the core classes that really are just, I mean, that shouldn't even, I don't know. I, I don't know why universities do it. I think it's just trying to, you know, like find your way, like, oh, you might like geology or, oh, you might like British lit or, oh, you might like, I don't know, anthropology and then end up going there. So, I, but it's just a, a message of hope that, you know, I, my undergrad GPA was awful and I was a terrible undergrad student. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I started off strong, but by the end of the year, I'm like, you know what, whatever I got to do, just let me me pass. It's got to get through. I don't care. As long as it's over that curve, I'm straight. Like I'm ready to get up out of here. That was me. It's amazing that you were driven to, to, also want to influence the future generations, you know, trying to bring change for others. Uh, And you are the sole parent here in this group. Michaela and I often talk about our dreams for future and hopes uh, for younger generations and the possibility of, Mm -hmm. you know, having uh, the blessing and the opportunity to help cultivate uh, other human lives. However, you are, you are definitely in the thick of it uh, with your, your three children. (laughs) (laughs) come on get us on that's my only song reference (laughs) kelly can really literally cite any song in the world and then you just have me you know but it's cool Uh, i I had to throw my little reference out there (laughs) we have one coming at some point (laughs) kellen always hits me with a reference and i never know what it is Oh my gosh. I bite my anyway, tongue on like nine out of 10 of them too. Cause I'm like sitting here and I was like, Ooh, I always got one. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. You literally just spit Jay-Z like bars, like 10 oh, I forgot. Like, right before we got on here. Dang, okay. I didn't mean to, you know, it was just in my soul. It was in my spirit. Uh, anyway, not to ruin your deep, you know, discussion right? with my uh, meme songs. Right. So you, you are, you are literally on the forefront right now of really working through these things that you're talking about, uh, working through an education system where, you know, the, the people that are in your family aren't, they're historically excluded from these, these systems, uh, and also having, you know, your different, um, identities, you know, growing up, as you mentioned in Lapway, in that very small town, uh, and now being in different expansive spaces and, you know, for your kids to witness both, uh, you know, to grow up in, in multiple spaces 
uh, and to be, you know, that next generation down from somebody who grew up on res and, and in community. Uh, so I guess, yeah, I just, I'm very curious about how, how that is for you or, or just the, the approach in, in going through, like, what are some of the things that you are able to, to implement right now? And, you know, how are you encouraging the actual youth that you have in front of us? Cause we, we do a lot of, uh, what's it called? Hyper, what's it called? Hypothetical. We do a lot of hypothetical, you know, these are some things Yet you are really doing it. Um, so please. Yeah. Uh, so are you, talking, are you talking about like with my kids or with teachers? Uh, I guess kids, yeah. uh, it doesn't have to be that personal, but yet, you know, I guess I, I just think like you are actionably doing the things that you have studied and that you do in your job. And, and I'm sure in the ways that you are encouraging the young people in your family to go through these, these systems that you already know oh, are out yes. there, okay, you know, I like, what like what, how, how, cause I'm sure there are other parents right now who want to also, yeah. you know, be sure to uplift and, and encourage their kids as they go through these systems that we know are fault or faulty yeah. and flawed. And, and you, especially, you know, it yeah. being your study, it being your occupation and, and your vocation Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, how does that blend for you in, in a real actionable way? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so with my kids, you know, they're kind of going, uh, up in this, growing up in this system that I, you know, I don't really like, um, isn't made for them, but it's really on me and my husband to, to educate them and, and, and provide them books um, and the resources to really understand uh, kind of what what's good, I guess, what's going to happen and what to do if they do um, encounter a teacher who maybe un- un- unknowingly says something um, out of pocket, basically, and like, what they should do. And honestly, it um, it hasn't happened that often which I'm really glad about. Um, but they're, they're aware. It's just, it's, it's like raising, this is what I set out to do with everyone. Like anybody that I teach or even just my children is just raising their critical consciousness is like, and when I talk about like critical, like criticality, I don't mean being, um, like being critical of someone, meaning like picking them apart. It's looking at the situation of of like, Hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, I, that was a microaggression, you know, or, um, that they may not have that, that vocabulary at the time, but it's like, that was kind of off, or I feel like I'm not being chosen in the class, or that was interesting. My, my teacher asked me why I'm in this honors class, you know? Um, so things like that, it's just kind of not picking people apart, but just raising their critical consciousness to where they, they're noticing things that, um, maybe aren't right and, and how to navigate those things, um, and not being those, you know, I, I, I really don't want my kids to be those, those kids that are like going off on teachers. Um, but hearing it, listening to it, and then letting us know, and they know I have their back. Like I always tell Nevaeh and Trinity, if, if something happens and you stand up for yourself, I have your back. 
But if you're the one that's like, you know, being naughty and then you're just getting in trouble, um, you're going to get in trouble from me. But no matter what, I have my kids back. And if they're standing up for themselves, whether it's from other, you know, students or teachers, I have their back no matter what. Um, but that's one of the, the, the major things that I, I seek to do is get people to like really look at things with a lens of um, not just looking at what's wrong, but like, how can we make it better or what's going on here? What is the space that I'm going into and is it a safe space? Um, and how am I going to navigate this safe space? And it's really sad that lots of brown and black kids have to do that because I, I grew up having to do that, um, entering spaces and looking around. I'm like, is this a trauma? <laughs> is this is a trauma effect. Because <laughs> I like, why am I going into every room looking to see if it's a safe space and who's in the room and who, mm -hmm. you know, and this, you know, white man gets to come in dilly dally in sit down and he's safe and everything's great but me i'm like huh i'm not gonna I, i'm not gonna talk in this room like i'm not gonna i'm gonna disappear because i don't feel safe in this room so i talk to my kids about that because those are real feelings that are true feelings that do not have a vocabulary like my daughter has told me you know i've yeah mom i've been in classrooms where i i've felt I felt like a visceral, like feeling like I didn't feel safe. And what did the teacher say? And then she, I'm like, that's why that's, that's called a microaggression. Like that, you know, um, people touching your hair. Sometimes she likes to wear it in like a Afro and she'll get um, teachers making comments or students making comments. And then I have to help her navigate that. Um, but I just really encourage my students, my kids, um, to be critical, like crit raise their critical consciousness, but like try to make wherever you go, trans transform that space, like transform it in a way where, um, transform it in a way where you can, you're the change maker. Does that make sense? So um, I have been in, so back to, what I was saying about being in rooms where I felt uncomfortable. If I feel like I can't transform that room with my presence or with my spirit or just who I am, then that's when I'm like, Ooh, I'm just going to wait this one out and wait till I leave. But there are spaces where, you know, it's a little off, but I know that I can go in and I'm going to, I'm going to add my energy and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to transform it. Um, I'm going to make it a, a safe space because there might be other people that, don't feel safe either, you know? So um, I'm getting long-winded here, but that's basically what I do. I just, I, I love positive change. I don't like being that the super, you know, going in, just wrecking shop. Um, but it's like critically looking at things and then trying to make it better is what I like to do. 
For sure. And that's one thing is like, we have to have these just different talks to our kids. Like, and unfortunately that's just what it is being black, but also native really any race, you know, within America, <laughs> uh, any black or brown race, you have to have these talks with your kids, you know, at there, there's different levels of different ages when you have certain talks, when it comes to the cops, when it comes to schools, when, you know, whatever it is, we have to have these, these are fundamental conversations and we've all kind of had those experiences. Um, and I remember one, um, I was told, a uh, uh, kid in Lapway, she was one of her teachers said all lives matter to her. And she was very, you know, she basically said what she needed to say in terms of, you know, well, that's not right. And whatever else she had to say. And I think she felt kind of off about it because, you know, that's that was her standing up to a, a teacher, which is something she didn't have to do. But not only was she standing up for herself, she felt like she was standing up for her own as well. And I was just like, you did the right thing. Point blank, period. You know, yeah. you shouldn't be having to get pulled into the principal's office. It should be the other way around. And, you know, and this is what it takes in order to change the world. You have to have people who are willing to stand up for themselves you know, and so I know she felt kind of off about that, but that's the, the, those are certain things that we have to deal with, you know, growing up. And like, I, I think me and Kellen kind of mentioned it too, let alone being black, but also being native and carrying both of those torches of, you know, what we're kind of up against in the world, you know, it's a lot and it's very heavy. So teaching the kids can be a very hard, uncomfortable, sometimes things to do. Cause you don't want to, you don't want your kid to have to have these experiences, but they're just the realities you know, of the world right now, you know, right, and it's right. not a good feeling of feeling that, you know, nothing's safe or walking into a room and knowing, okay, am I the only black person that's in here? You know, and every person has to do that. When you, when you go someplace, you know, you have to scope out the room, yeah. you know, if you're, you're traveling someplace, okay, what kind of town is it going to be? <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I stop so, here for gas. But... Yeah. And it's yeah. like, those, those are just our realities, you know? Yeah. I think about my son, he's, He's six and it's hard. It's hard for me to think about my son because I, oh, I would just turn over this world if some crazy person hurt my son. Mm -hmm. um, and it makes my heart, it just rips my heart out that so many black mothers have had to um, watch their black sons be murdered. Um, mm -hmm. And for no reason, but just anti-blackness. Yeah, just mm -hmm. anti-blackness. And um, it's it's hard for me because I, you know, just the other day, my husband was, um, he was just going in to pick up food and he had his hood on and I was like, Chris, take it off, take your hood off. Because it was mm -hmm. dark, you know, and he was just running mm -hmm. up like, I don't, take your hood off. You know, those type of things. Why should Realist I have to tell my things. husband that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and my, my daughter's, um, there's you know we can go into colorism forever um, but one of my daughters is darker than the other one um, and so you know there are teachers who for some reason she's in honors courses um, you know have questioned like should she be there are you supposed to be here Mm -hmm. um, you're smart for a black girl it's basically yeah. what they're saying yeah yeah and and have tried to dim her light because she's so out there she loves to dance and she's she's just this ball of light she's just magic and mm -hmm. um there have been teachers and coaches that have tried to dim her light because it's too much 
they'll tell her you're too much. You need to be too much. And it's basically like you're outshining the white kids. Like, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're making mm-hmm. you're making all of us feel uncomfortable because of yeah. your magic. And mm-hmm. so I've had to go to the school and say, do not dim her light. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't, I, I know that you have an issue with her her light, but do not dim it. I've had to tell a vice principal at Pullman that um, because she told her that she was too much. Uh, wow. What do you, and I was like, what do you mean too much? You know, she's just being a kid. You know? Yeah, by whose standard? She was just eighth grade, seventh grade. Wow. Just being a kid, you know. But they do little things like that to these mm-hmm. little microaggressions, these little things to dim your light, to, to hurt you and little stab wounds. Um and that's why I'm here as their mom is a soft landing because out there, they're going to constantly get those stab wounds from the world, those hurt, those hurts. But when they come home, they should feel like it's a soft landing, that this is a, a safe place that mom and dad are here. And we, we got you and we're here to build you back up because that that's what was done for me. I, I shout out my parents. Honestly, um, I would go home you know, from, it felt like all these stab wounds, these, all these microaggressions that were just built up. And my dad would just, I think that's why I have so much confidence. Cause my dad, my dad would literally tell me I was like the greatest person on earth. <laughs> I was so <laughs> smart. <laughs> and even though I was like, and I, and I, I wasn't, but because he kept telling me this, I believed it. I literally did like, and he does that to everyone. Like he'll, whoever he goes, he'll just, compliment and he's being authentic um he'll he'll praise you and he'll you know he's just so proud of that's how he was with me he just was like it was all my life it was like I was this greatest person the the smartest and I knew I wasn't but I was like after a while I was like maybe I am (laughs) you know um so that's what I try to do with my kids is um be that soft landing that safe space because when they go out into the world you know, who knows what, what's being said or what looks they get. So, yeah. Yes. Well, you know, and don't deny the self either, you know, because you are the smartest person in your body and you're the smartest person of your experience uh, and in the greatest in walking your personal journey, you know, nobody can tell you more about you than you, yes. uh, you know, so you got the claim there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Thanks. Yes, no need to discount by any means. Uh, and thank you so much for just sharing so much about your story. All of the stories, really. Uh, it's been such an honor spending time here and getting to learn a little bit more about not only your journey, about where you want to go and, and the things that we can even look at and and look to do uh, mm-hmm. in, in changing the way that, you know, we walk through our education system and just society in general, you know, because yeah. it's, it's, it's a microcosm of everything else that's on the outside, you know? Yes. Uh, so absolutely beautiful. And oh, thank you. Out, yeah. Thank you yes. so much. Um, and I am so honored um, to be able to chat with you too. You two brilliant people. <laughs> um, thank you for asking me. I was totally surprised. Um, <laughs> I'm honored. Just like I said, and I, I just, I hope you keep doing what you're doing, your art, um, giving back, your brilliance, your magic. Oh, (laughs) 
Shine, keep shining. Because the, the most you shine, you make us all look good. I'm like, yep, I know Kellen. I know them. We go back. <laughs> Free internet. Uh, don't play. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Well, know that the the feeling is definitely mutual. Oh yes, uh, you know exactly. And really co-signing on what you're saying. You know, we have mounds of uh, of you know educated and uh just worldly people within our people uh, and do. so it's awesome to you know uh be in company with uh another one of those counted in the number yes. yes thank you so much i'm so proud of both of you thank you again thank you we appreciate you hanging in there with us yes. <laughs> i'm still surprised people want to talk to us <laughs> yes. they're not sick of us uh, yet. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> but no, thank you for real. We definitely appreciate you being here and being with us because you were on our list for a while now. So we're glad we thank were you. able to have you. Thank you so much. Such kind words from Dr. Bernice. I really, I mean, I'm awed by just her her whole foundation and what she's bringing to the world. And then on top of that, all of the compliments we received. I literally was sitting here blushing the entire time. You know, it's like, Seriously. just like you were saying, it feels good to be seen, you know, and our voices and yep. our words are getting out there and, you know, you know, it's it's cute. Now I'm like, let me watch what I say. <laughs> <laughs> like, we oh, it's listen. so good to be seen. Ooh, people yeah. are seeing me. Mm. Like, <laughs> ooh, it's yeah. good to be seen. No plan. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, did you ever see that New York meme when she's just like sitting on the bed with the shades? You never know. Yes. That's how I feel. Crossed like, at the ankles. Right. <laughs> Feels good to be seen. And then there's me. Like. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. Man. Well, thank you for bringing her up because I did want to say um, when you were talking about New York undercover at the top part in this episode that mm. the New York show that I want to see is I Love New York. So if that can get on any <laughs> streaming services. I know. Seriously. Or reboot. I would be so happy. Uh. <laughs> you see? And it's this meme that's going around. Uh, not a meme, but like the video of her. Like, I don't know what show she was on. I'm, uh, she's been on plenty, I feel like, reality yeah, she, shows. She, but one of she's them been was doing like, it. Yeah. One of them was like, this girl just told me to break a leg. <laughs> she's Did like, you break see a leg. She, she's like, oh, yeah, she was talking. She was like, I'm going to break your leg. He's like, it's an expression. He's like, it's a it's a way of uh, wishing you good luck. <laughs> and yeah. then the way that they edit the drawbacks of, or like the cutbacks. I was, dying. Being, I was like, I'm going to break oh your gosh. legs. That would be me. <laughs> like, she's just sitting there like rehearsing her lines and this white girl goes by, break a leg. <laughs> what did you say to me? She popped off on her too. And then when she gets into the, the, the room with the guy, he's like, um, it's an expression, hun. <laughs> <sighs> What did she say? Uh, what did she say to me? She was gonna break my. She's gonna break my leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Anyway, <laughs> uh, why don't you break a leg? The way she was like, <laughs> she was so sold on it too. Uh, yeah, see, Tiffany Pollard, like New York, we need her back because she's iconic. She's um, <clears throat> And one of the originators for all of these people that are out here now, like she threw it down first. And so, yeah, I would definitely love to see 
uh, <laughs> the seasons of all of her stuff because uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, she was a little crazy on Flavor of Love. It was not a good show. I mean, it was it was like messy. Like mm. it's like a it was like a guilty pleasure show. Yes. Like what is this? Like yes, <laughs> yes. Don't well, nobody want no burnt end looking <laughs> Flavor Flav. Look, Beyonce had to throw herself all the way down on the floor doing deja vu, doing full back bends, you know, crawling around, flopping around to where like now she can just be, you know, on a stage, elevated, sitting on a chair and leaning backwards. You know, Mm -hmm. like we have to go through our evolutions. um, And that for Tiffany. Flame should have just stopped. (laughs) It should have just stopped at Public Enemy. Like I loved me some Public Enemy. But then we wouldn't get Tiffany. We wouldn't get this conversation. That's true. But like Flame just done spiraled off into the, like he should have just left himself iconic with Public Enemy, drop that mic and don't come back on TV no more. Look, for all of the Tiffany Pollard that we got in the world, I will watch Flavor Flav and uh, Brigitte, was that her name? Brigitte Nielsen or whatever, like the white lady that they did the first thing. Anyways, before Flavor of Love, they did this one show where it was like a bunch of like old celebrities uh, and they come together. Anyways, beyond that's where they got the Flavor of Love thing because it came from like the spinoff of that. Uh, Okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was, it was awkward AF. So like, I agree with you on the public enemy part. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I would definitely love to skip over that whole Brin- Brigitte Nielsen part. However, because of that era, we now have Tiffany Pollard. So yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, and uh, if I were to be uh, any Tiffany Pollard or New York meme right now, you're the one on the bed stewing, right? I'm the one that's mm-hmm. like giggling where she's like in the black like negligee and she's like outside it's like a big brother and she's like giggling underneath shades and like to herself um i'll I'll send send it to you yeah it's like it's almost it's like similar to the one where raven is like eating the sandwich or whatever and she's like giggling to herself like that i still haven't seen that one Oh my gosh, maybe okay, I'm gonna send you all of these. <laughs> once you send them, then maybe like, oh, you're gonna okay, see it. Yeah, once you see it, you'll be like, oh, got you. Um, I feel like anyways, we all have the, a the, meme that explains our life. <laughs> right? Uh, the joy and the laughter coming out of like this maniacal plan uh, of us taking over the world in a sense by creating our own platform, you know, amplifying black and indigenous voices and the fact that it's being seen uh, yes. and by doctors and by uh, mage, you know what I'm saying? That was uh, a very bad Lulu, but you get the point. Hey, it's out there though, you know? <laughs> that doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> I was, you didn't have to stop talking, you know, that was supposed Look, to be a little behind the scenes sound steps. effect. <laughs> it's better than being silenced, I could tell you that much, okay. you know? Um, me speaking uh, the language incorrectly is better than me not speaking it at all. Alright, we're not so. going to compare that to my Lulu that I just <laughs> trying to lift the Lulu up, girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah, so no, it, it's hella dope. And, and it was such an honor to be able to get into conversation with her. So like, I, that's why I think of that meme because I'm just like, uh, like thinking of the maniacal laugh of like, here we did just have this idea less than a year ago. Um, and now we're, you know, coming around to a point where like we're establishing a nice audience. We're able to get into a nice in-depth sense of conversation. And more than anything, we're able to open up our space to our guests. And when mm-hmm. our guests come in, they just always blow my mind. They bring yeah. in such beautiful perspectives on life. And it's always such an honor to hear their stories. So, yeah, that would be the meme that I would be like the chuckling <laughs> to myself, like in like low key victory, like. It was mm. like, oh, we're there. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. 
Now I have to think of a meme that associates my excitement with <laughs> with the statements that were just made. Beyonce, I'll get back to you. you have one. Beyonce. Have one oh, you know what it is? You ever see? Uh, my sister, like she loves America's Next Top Model, but she gets that Chloe, Chloe my younger Half sister. Moon? Or you keep saying that. Chloe <laughs> Remember when I called your poor grandma Chloe Thompson, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh <did>. my gosh!" <laughs> yes, that's when it was the fat boy meme who looks off to the side in a yellow shirt. Uh, that was I know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> that was one of those moments. <laughs> like, mm. but um. <laughs> I guess after, with Doc, Dr. Benice Guillory's comments, I would be the meme of Malaysia from America's Next Top Model when she's crying and she's just like, yeah, this one's a real one. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. That's it. With like That's her fist the pump and like yeah. the single tear dropping down. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and her like low tight bun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I seen that episode because I think she was about to get eliminated and she did it. And then she, that's when that meme came out. But um, yeah, that, that would explain my excitement. <laughs> that's how I felt. That's how I feel every time you compliment me, just randomly. Oh. I, that's that meme. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I like that. I like having that visual. So now I know. I'm like, oh, it's what Michaela's feeling. Gotcha. <laughs> Boom. And then, like, once we actually, when we're sitting here making points about colonialism, my other, my, my meme is the Oprah meme. When she, like, stops, <laughs> looks to the right, looks at you, and then throws out her hands. Opens up her hands. <laughs> That's the one, like, that one explains my life. <laughs> that one is that so one. good. I love that meme. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of the one with Dr. Maya Angelou. And when what? She, have you seen the, the one with Dr. Maya Angelou and Oprah? Um, no. Where, where Dr. Maya Angelou's talking about something very serious and she kind of collapses and then Ops like does like a oops and no. she like she like has to stifle back like a moment it's hilarious I'm gonna you literally to you. have to send me all of these oh my gosh wait that was three of them what were they again so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna write them I'm gonna google them right uh, now uh, I don't remember all of them uh, just, there are just a lot so of good I ones have it on just record. run it back <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to remember what the three were. It was Oprah, oh, Raven, and New York. Okay, I got yeah, it. Yeah, I, yeah. I have the list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that was good iconic. Memes, good memes, good um, memes. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> memes that really describe our life, and, and they really do mean some things because, yeah, it gives a visual representation because I, I definitely understand what you're talking about when you know, it's like uh, that a fist pump and being like, oh, my gosh, yeah, like that, that really is the feel because it really is the feel. Um, mm-hmm. And more than anything, just like we kind of talked about it with Queen um, uh, <clears throat> Ajaha, uh, one of our other past uh, interviewees, and um, just having access to putting your voice out there. You know, her story was so powerful, and the people that she got to be around, like those were platforms beyond one that I've experienced. Uh, and so I just can't even imagine. You know, even being on that level and putting uh, your words and your thoughts out there and and sharing in larger communities, uh, which, you know, I don't think it's uh, beyond the the purview of quantum theory itself yet. uh, I guess just, you know, I, I lost my point. I'm sorry. That's okay. I lost confidence in myself in honesty. That's kind of sad. 
Right? I didn't mean to be sad you yet. All of these. Today I'm just being open. I don't know how to take it right now. Because normally I can, like, I can turn a corner. Like, even when I kind of lose myself, I can usually bring myself back and away. And then yeah. right there, I, I literally just lost confidence. And I was like, you know, I'm just actually just going to stop. <laughs> yeah, not in a bad I way. Can't. Just in a, like, let me cut my losses. <laughs> I'm trying to catch all these emotions you're throwing at me. <laughs> Update. I did start to feel some uh, sensations back in my left eye again. So a few weeks ago, Dead. I had the eye problem. No, like bad sensations. Like they're starting mm-hmm. to hurt again. Uh, mm-hmm. So I went to the eye doctor. Oh, no. Anyways, one of the things that uh, I didn't really get to update you on last time is that like uh, it's most likely like they're saying possibly a systemic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like therefore, it's like in my blood. It's something uh, hereditary. So uh Possibly, you know, this is, it's all updating information, you know, people can never say exactly what one thing is, they can only try to narrow it down out of options. Uh, so like in the journey, that's why I was just kind of like, okay, I guess this is where I'm at right now. It's like trying to find like what can be the cause. Because uh, before, you know, I was like, oh, it's heavy stress, heavy this and that, which I'm sure are contributing factors. Uh, yeah, at the exact same time. Uh, yeah. That's where I'm at. That's okay. It will come all come come into fruition the way it needs to. Yeah, I have faith. Yeah, you'll get, get better. Well, I'm curious to where this will take me because I got <laughs> kicked in the ribs by a horse two years ago, uh, and you know, like that was like unexpected obs, uh, and then you know, just like <laughs> the way that it like makes you operate different off of that thing. And so I'm thinking about like this whole thing and like, you know, just the thoughts of losing my vision or just having something that can be systemic that's in my blood that like needs to get traced, you know, like mm-hmm. these different possibilities and hurdles. Um, that's like, all okay, they what's are this going to teach me? Yeah. Yes, they're yeah. only obstacles. So I think you'll be okay. High hopes. We're going to speak that into existence. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you doing so. Uh, yeah. And you're feeling better after, like, your cough and everything? Has, yeah, like, your body been able to recover? Cough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm straight. It was my, my ha- this, I had a lingering cough after, like, I got better and felt normal. But I still kind of have a little pesky cough. But, I mean, just drinking that tea, you know, sipping that little Wayne. I'm all right. I mean, well, not lean, but cough syrup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do lean, you guys. <laughs> I'm double cupped. I'm straight. <laughs> no, I'm good, though. <laughs> I love how in my head I was just like, I'm going to just let that one float. Uh, whatever whatever is meant, I'm just going to let that one be. <laughs> you going to let me? go down this path and have this lifestyle and you just gonna act like you here alright that's cool you know no. took a little meth I'm straight like, you totally would just like not acknowledge this really bad addiction if I were to have one. Oh, no no I'm not on lean it's okay, robotic. Well, I appreciate the clarifier I appreciate it because I was just like maybe maybe this is what the kids are saying and I just don't understand yet the things that I'm thinking first of all I'm not that mark? young I'm not a kid anymore I don't think I'm Look, not in that category you still got 20 before your age I'm you know so. I'm in the era you know you gotta start Whatever, with that. I'll be there it's right around the corner for me I need to hurry up and live this life <laughs> Yeah. I'm good. I'm well, good. Yeah. Glad I'm you're doing better. Yes. 
Uh, well, we're coming up on the winter solstice, uh, the shortest part of the day. We're just like a few weeks out. A uh, huge major turning point for um, people and, you know, major Nimipu traditional turning point as well. Because, uh, yeah, on the other side of that is going to be the start of the new growth season, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where our next episode will potentially fall is in the new growth season. Uh, I'm yeah. Break that down for me. Um. Hmm. Well, the winter solstice being the shortest uh, day and the longest night. Oh. Um, right. I'm not hip to all of that. Um. Yeah. So the the summer solstice. Uh, so June 21st, generally, uh, 21st, 22nd is the longest day. So the most daylight and the shortest night. Uh, And that happens right after Juneteenth. And so, yeah, the winter solstice, the other benchmark of that um, is, yeah, the the shortest day. Uh, And so then on the other side of that, we'll have um, days start to get longer and then, you know, blossoms into the spring, uh, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, the new growth season. Uh, And so, yeah, just even like... uh, traditionally uh or like nipu nimipu traditions and or teachings excuse me um that's you know something that i've been recently learning is that um basically like the our new year um mm. because it's like the closing of the the winter and the the it's not hoarding what's it called when you like gather when you have your stockpiles ready for the winter um, not hibernation. I mean, yeah. that's for animals, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the, 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 yeah. the, the collecting season, because, you know, okay. they didn't have fridges and all the things that we have, you know, so you had to mm-hmm. gather everything to go into the winter, which really, actually, the word for winter, I believe, it comes from, like, a lack of food or, like, need for food, mm-hmm. um, because it's, like, the low food season, basically, right? I mean, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and then on the other side of that is when we move into spring, into gathering, and then, you know... After collecting, hunting, harvesting in the mm-hmm. in the following time. So, yeah, yeah uh, that's uh, so. I'm pretty sure it's where our next episode will fall is in in the new growth season, which I guess is you know coincides with the new year, which would be right around the end of present day conceptions of December. Mm, uh, when you said new growth, I'm like, oh, your hair? Your hair's new? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know. Wrong, hair. wrong idiom to use there. My bad. Also, please, yes, new growth. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> sending up my biotin prayers. Nay. Uh, <laughs> uh, to, to rain down on my scalp. Nay. Uh, rain down on me. That's the, that was the cut. Kirk Franklin? He used to jam to that song. Rain. Go off. <laughs> Have you heard uh, it? No. I'm going to send you two songs. I don't even remember the first one I was supposed to, to send you, but I'm going to send send you something. I'm supposed to send you... Was, was it music? I don't know. I'll think Heavy D. Oh, there we go. Yeah, and I'm going to send you the Kirk Franklin song. Boom. Rain down on me. I'm sure you've heard it. You just possibly. I'm just do, not doing it justice. <laughs> oh, you're singing it I'm beautifully. I'm one of those people that are like, "All right, who sings that song? We'll let them sing it." <laughs> <laughs> okay, but See I do sing the actual words. I feel like we know. I, 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 my cousin is the worst. <laughs> Remixing. He legit goes. You would think if you were looking at him from the outside, 
of his car and he's you know his he's bopping he's once you get in the car you realize this guy doesn't know a single word he's like just blending words together making stuff up so i give myself credit for actually knowing the words they might not come out in tune but at least i know the words because some people just be humming along and making up their own versions i don't do that (laughs) (laughs) i Um, love it lyric verified Um, okay please do because uh, when you said rain, I, I thought of Ashanti rain on me. Rain um, on me. <laughs> yeah. That's a good song, too. Right? Uh, classics. Classics. Bringing up so many classics this show. Hope you guys are what? taking notes. <laughs> please. <laughs> please take notes on. and send them um, because I'm sure I missed some things in there. Uh, I got the three memes to send you, which I, I still remember them. Uh, so I'm gonna really? be able to do that. You got two songs. Give me a study guide. Study right. guide to black culture. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff notes. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout Cliff the notes. ages. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Cliff notes. Uh, you got any Did plans for this use weekend? Cliff notes? No. No, I didn't because I felt like because it's like when I was a kid, I knew that like I could get what no, it was called Spark Notes. Spark Notes, there it is. For yes, me, Spark there, Notes. But yes, Cliff Notes okay. was like the back in the day. Yeah, like, that's I what I was the like. Cosby yeah, Show yeah. bringing up Cliff Notes or what they what they call them? I think they did call them Cliff Notes. Yeah. And then for me, it was Spark Notes. But I was like, I was a like a goody two shoes. Like I didn't cheat, even though I had mm. acts. I had the full game plan, cheat codes right there. I wouldn't look <laughs> like I'm one of those girls. But then once I got like senior year, I'm like, all right, I'm hitting Spark Notes. <laughs> like, gotcha. I'm getting the answers. But um, but anyway, what what did you say? No, no, no. Because yeah, Cliff Notes was like early internet, or like I was early internet, so it was like slowish time. Like when I was like was in yeah. school, right? And then college, mm-hmm. like, I didn't really, really use it. However, SparkNotes, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, SparkNotes, yeah. Uh, CliffNotes was a thing, though. And then Cleveland, Cleveland Notes, that's it. what they were called on, on the Cosby show. I don't know if it was legit, oh. like me, but that was probably, like, old school SparkNotes, like, in physical form, like, for oh. that generation, I guess. But, Taught I mean, me it could have been made up. But, um, but yeah, I never really <laughs> used them. But, yeah, what, what did you ask me? No, I was just uh, seeing what your plans were uh, going into this weekend. Oh, Lord. Your girl has been... It's December, so it's a heavy month in terms of, for me, for, like, work and goals. And so, like, in all bead workers who have orders, this is the crazy season for bead workers. So... I literally probably don't even know what day it is half the time. <laughs> like I don't know what time it is. I'm just beating away. So I that those are my plans because I have to get orders out. Um, doing that, but then so that's like on the work side of things. Is like I've just been beating like crazy. And then for my goals, like I make yearly goals. I make monthly goals. So at the start of the year, I'll lay out what I want for the year. And so now I kind of feel a little bit of that pressure of like, hey, I still have time to get these goals done. So I'm trying to get those goals done as well. So, yeah, December, I'm not really doing too much except for focusing on what I need to to prep me, you know, get my foot in the door for the the upcoming year. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at. And then it's hard because it's like the most festive month of like the year, too. So it's like. I'm, I think I'm balanced, but I'm not. I'm tipping the scale over here and tipping the scale over there. <laughs> Don't have much balance, but I've just been just been working. This weekend, though, or this upcoming week, I probably, um, I might go and hit the African American Museum again. 
Um, I've been wanting to do that for a while. And so I have a couple friends that actually been wanting to check it out. So I'm like, all right, well, let's go. We're going to do it. Because there's so much information in there. Like, going one time is not enough. So I'm going to hit yeah. that for a second time. And I um, guess you guys will be hearing some things next next. <laughs> if I get a little radical next week, you'll know why. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's kind of my only plans for now. Um, what about you? What do you got going on next week? Uh, and this weekend? Yeah, this weekend I'll almost likely just be here. Um, there's some uh, basketball games sort of happening with my little cousins uh, in nice. some of the surrounding towns. So maybe making a venture out to see some of that. Awesome. Um, hopefully, maybe some beating. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had to start transitioning. Like I'm, I fell too far behind on one other thing, so I'm gonna have to start transitioning into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to keep my hands active because uh, I haven't really been doing anything for the last That's however okay. long. Yeah, right. Plus, you know, I had vision you things. So I was like, yeah. 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 I feel like I could I wouldn't mind. I don't know, that's hard for me though. So, at one point and this was prior to me like getting sick. That's what just ruined it all. Just kidding. But like before that, <laughs> it, I was like, it does right, though, right? I'm going to say, yeah, like it ruins every routine that I use like being sick ruins your like sleeping, mm-hmm. product productivity, everything. But yeah. like I had this I started doing it to where I'd wake up by like 5:30, 6:30 and I'd um do like a whole routine of like breakfast and then starting at work at a certain time, ending, like cutting myself off from beating, which is so weird to me because I like, I love what I do. Like that is my pastime and my work. Yeah. And so, and it's crazy because I was going good for a while until I got sick, but I was doing good for a while to where I'd cut myself off at a certain time. And then I was like, all right, well, the rest of the time, you know, it's for me, whether I cook, whether I go do something, but I literally was just sitting on the edge of my bed helpless. Like, what do I like to do? Like, I got to figure that out again because I want to pick up my beads. Like, that's all that I do. I mean, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to call friends. It's a weekday. Like, so then I'm like, this is a sign. Like, I need to get back into like figuring out what I love to do. What makes me come alive? Like, granted, you know. Not everything's open completely, but still, like, I need to figure out maybe another pastime. I don't know. Look up all these references you you got going on. Like, it was so sad because I was like, dang, what do I do except be? Like, should I read a book? And, like, my grandma was like, Michaela, yeah, you got to figure that out. Because, like, I'm literally on the phone with her, like, I don't even know what I like to do, grandma. (laughs) She's like, no, well, that's good for you. Like, she's like, that's good you set up a schedule, so... I need to get back into it, but I don't see it happening here in the foreseeable future for this month because it's pretty crazy. But, um, but yeah, taking a break is very healthy and I really want to take that break, but I just, I don't think I can do it right at this moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after this month, January, I need to give myself some self love, get some massages cause your girl's back and it's Ooh. back the neck, you know, it has an influence on that as well. My neck, my back. I'm not gonna finish that because it's inappropriate. Just kidding. <laughs> I was but, ready. Um, I zipped my lips. I was like, "Let's go." Everybody pop you open. Just kidding. Shake your body. Don't stop. So don't miss. Yeah. Don't quit. I don't know how we got there from uh, beat work. I'm sorry, ancestors. I'm not trying to disrespect your crap, but because <laughs> first you got to put your neck into it. Yeah. Don't stop. You just do it. Do it. Then you. <laughs> All right, we gotta stop. We gotta stop. We're, this is QTP after dark. <laughs> you roll your thread from the back up to the front, and then you. Okay, <laughs> remix. Beater's remix. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that's kind of my my beat. My what's going on this month? I guess for me. 
Okay. Beads, 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 beads. If you could only see my surrounding environment. <laughs> only? But, yeah. Beads I'm, I'm down for it. For, yeah. Beads everywhere. Beads everywhere. <laughs> Big Frida. Come on. You got that one? Okay. <laughs> Come on. No, my, They're my... spitting today. I, that, this meme right now in my face is the white white guy. Damn, this guy's spitting. This girl's spitting. You saw that one? That one I don't know. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you never saw it with his little lips when he's just like, ooh. <laughs> you never saw that one? All right, I'm going to send it to uh, you. Yeah, I'd have to see that one to I'm know. I'm going to send that one to you, too. I can just make my list. Shoot, it's going with me. <laughs> right. I got, like, three so far. I haven't added uh, anything to the to, to my list because I'm like, I'm good with these three. <laughs> I've been, like, repeating them in my head so I don't forget. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Uh, anyway. Well, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for the laughs, as always. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to coming back and, and seeing what's what's new. Me too. In the next. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with my crew. Simply talking our Black Native talk like we do. There's a whole lot more for us to discuss, though. So stay locked in. You can check out our episodes on quantumtheorypod.com and feel free to send in any topics, questions, or small business shoutouts to our socials, and you might just hear us discuss it on air. Our IG handle is at quantumtheorypod, and you can also find us on facebook.com backslash quantumtheory. So be kind to yourself out there, know that you're a boss, and drink plenty of water. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, an interesting random episode I feel like we are all over the place but I love it <laughs> just another day as a QTP host <laughs> right oh my gosh